0: Next on Growing Grace. These are powerful things, these little lips and this tongue and the palate. As you think, so you will speak, and as you speak, so you will do. Be careful about what the battleground is the mind. But if you lose the mind, then the mouth starts to work and starts to say the things that you've lost up here. Zion, build with hands, and in this place, gotta dwell with man. Sick be the
1: Dan hallelujah My kingdom filled with the blood of my son. Selfless sacrifice
0: for everyone. faith, hope, love and harmony I let this world know
1: me by your love. With biblical truths you can take in and apply to your walk with the Lord. This is growing grace with Pastor Ed Ray. Thanks for dropping by. We want to head over to Titus chapter 2, if you would. We're looking forward to a great time in the Word with you today. And whether we're at home or on the job, we're to live what we believe. When others look at our lives, they should see Jesus. Pastor Ed will explain what that looks like in our daily walk
0: in the minutes ahead of us. Verse 1. But as for you, Titus, and these people you're teaching, Speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. Speak. These are powerful things, these little lips and this tongue and the palate. As you think, so you will speak, and as you speak, so you will do. That's what Paul is saying here. Be careful about what the battleground is the mind. But if you lose the mind, then the mouth starts to work and starts to say the things that you've lost up here. I was just talking to a young man about this 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 last week, and he's struggling with the concept of you can control your thoughts. You can control your thoughts. God has given us this wonderful gift of volition. Now, a lot of us didn't use it for a long time. This gift, we just let our mind go wherever the current was flowing. Right? People around us were moved by them. The things that the world tells us are fine. No, no, no. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. So, these verses tell us that God wants to give us back control of our mind. I don't think like Jesus, but I'm trying to. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to change the way I think. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Of your what? Yeah, your mind. God wants to give us a new mind. Don't be conformed, pressed into this world, but be transformed, metamorphosed, to be changed from the inside out. God does the work, but you have to seek him, and he'll give you whatever things are good, whatever things are holy, whatever things are real, whatever things are true, think on these things. Think on these things. Nobody can do it for you. I can only do it for myself. I have to choose. I have to say, God, I choose your mind. Give me your mind today, I need help. Grace, I need more grace, Lord, to get me through this. Getting quieter in here, goodness gracious, okay. Speak the things which are proper. Be careful about the things you speak, and that it doesn't go somewhere else. Don't overcommit to things, you know. I read a true story of this guy that's uh, in a nice restaurant and uh, down the beach and, uh, and... All of a sudden, he grabs his throat, and he falls over. And everyone at the table, because he's had heart problems, thinks he's having a heart attack. And they're all saying, uh, call 911. And he's turning blue. And uh, he's just about gone. He can't say a word. And finally, somebody shouts, is there a doctor in this restaurant? And a guy at the far end jumps up, and he comes over. And he's a surgeon. And he looks at the guy, crams his two fingers into the guy's throat, and pulls out a bone from a fish. (laughs) And the guy, oh, thank you. What's your fee? I'll give you anything. You saved my life. And the doctor kiddingly said, well, why don't you just give me half of what you would have paid if I left the bone in there? He he didn't get any money. He was just saying that, you know, be careful about what you say. Don't overcommit to things. Uh, Sober. The older mature man, verse 2. Older? Mature. Remember, uh, first century, 25 years old was the average age of a man. That's as long as they lay it, lived. So obviously, some lived older. But so older men is relative, just like the word younger men. If you're 25 here and feeling pretty smug, don't. You're an old man. You're done. According to this, <laughs> teasing. Okay. To older men, be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, and in patience. Sober, temperate. It literally means to not get drunk. Don't let yourself get drunk. Mature men don't have to get drunk. Don't do it. It's not good for you. You might do really stupid things. Reverent, uh, worthy of respect. The old King James says grave. It doesn't mean rigor mortis. (laughs) It means that you're careful. You're serious about things that you need to be serious about. And you're also fun to be around, so you're not bummed out all the time and being grumpy. Temperate, self-controlled. Paul's going to use this word four times in this section. It's a very important word for a Cretan, uh, because their society was teaching something else. Our society teaches us different things, but something else too that's against God's Word. Matthew Henry said that a, a temperate, self-controlled man... Uh, Governs his passions and affections, not carried away by any of them. He controls them. We control our mind. We control our attitudes and our passions. Sound in the faith has a definite article, the faith of God. That God gives a gift of faith to every person. A measure of faith is given to every person. Romans 12:3 says, "A man's life," Spurgeon says, "is always more forcible than his speech." When men take stock of him, they reckon his deeds as dollars and his words as pennies. If his life and words disagree, the mass of onlookers will accept his practice and reject his words, what he's saying. In other words, you can't preach about being a Christian. You can't put on all the Jesus talk, and then your life be a disaster. Nobody's going to believe you. You're not a witness for him. Keep surrendering. God will do it. Just keep coming back to him. God, you got to fix me. In the love. Sound in love. Charity. This is uh, agape, agapos. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient and kind, etc. This is God's love. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. I choose the highest good for the other person. That's what mature men do. You avoid bitterness Grumpy old men has become kind of a funny stereotype, but it's too often true. Older men get grumpy about aches and pains, disappointments, and not just men, but that's the saying, right? And we'll deal with you ladies in just a moment. <laughs> Impatience, sound in endurance is what I'm saying. Hupo, munde is the Greek word. It means hupo, stay under. Munde is the load. Stay under the load. Hang in there, God will get you there. right out the storms, yeah, it feels like it 's going to overwhelm you today. Just hang on one more day, one more day, one more day. One more day. mature a quick side note, I was uh, speaking at a pastor 's conference recently, and a group of uh, young pastors. We were talking about the ages in their churches, and I was referring to this set of verses about how Paul speaks to Titus about mature men, mature women, uh, younger women, and younger men all in the same church, and the importance of that in a church, that it's important that there are both uh, young and old. And one of the young pastors said, I just want a church of young people. They're a lot more fun, a lot easier to work with. And I opened it up and said, what do you guys think about that? And there were a lot of guys who said, no, 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 you're wrong. And they were correct. They said, we need older people in the church to teach the younger. In fact, Paul's going to say that very thing. Mature woman, teach younger woman, etc. So, you look for that. If you're an older person, you look for a younger person that you can pour yourself into. If you're a younger person, if you're wise, you'll ask a gray-haired to tell you and take you on. And we need it more in this generation, I believe, than ever before. Because we have more and more Families fractured because of divorce. And I, I talk to young men almost daily who don't have a father figure to bounce things off of. So, you men, step up. That's what Paul is talking you. You ladies, step up. Don't miss an opportunity. You may not have children of your own, or they may have moved out and moved on. Pour yourself into some of the young people around here. Verse three. Oh, there's a thousand jokes there. I'm not going there. The older women. Okay, here we go. Dangerous territory. The mature woman, likewise, they'd be reverent in behavior, not slander, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. So just like the men, their lives are to be set apart, reverent, exhibit Christ-likeness, try and be like Jesus. What would Jesus do? And you won't always get it right, but he's saying that the older women in Crete need to have access to the things of God so they can share it with younger women. He's about ready to say, not slanderous, not malicious gossips. Uh, Satan is a malicious slanderer. That's why the Greek word for slander is diablos. Sound familiar? Yeah. That's where we get the word for Satan. And slanderous talk about another person is so Satan-like. Paul says, don't do it, not given to much wine, not enslaved literally too much wine. Um, we see that often in Scripture that Crete was a a land given over to it. And we say, well, yeah, we're not like that in America. Listen, one in 10 person in America is an alcoholic, full-blown, whether they know it or not. That's a pretty, that's a high statistic. 10% of the people driving next to you on the freeway tomorrow (laughs) will be inebriated. Why? There's a... lack, how deep do I want to go? Okay, alcohol dehydrogenase, those of you that are taking notes and checking out and see if I know what I'm talking about, there is a genetic tie between low levels of alcohol dehydrogenase in your liver, and there are racial lines too. Uh, One in 20 Jews are alcoholic, very unusual to have. Uh, One in, uh, or nine out of 10 Native Americans, alcoholics. It, there's a genetic component here. Yes, there's environmental factors too. Look up, uh, none of the, uh, we'll, we'll give you too much at once. Just alcohol, dehydrogenase, and if you really have serious questions, come and ask me and we can talk about it. I, it's in my family, so I'm, I'm really careful about it. Don't get trapped by somebody saying, oh, you can have a drink. It's okay. Pastor Ed said it's okay to have a drink. It's Bible says it's okay to have a drink, but for some people, they shouldn't. They should never have one. They're uh, playing Russian roulette with their genes, with their chromosomes.
1: We're making our way through Titus with Pastor Ed Ray on Growing Grace. Here he is with more from Chapter 2. Teachers
0: of good things, self-explanatory, teaching what is good, mature women, teaching rather than wasting a life doing other things, verse 4, that they admonish the younger woman, here, here's what the younger women are to be in Crete and in Redlands, to love their husbands and love their children. Well, oh, that's assumed, right? It's not. I do marriage counseling a lot. Some of you know that. Young brides, young mothers, young wives, love your husband. Yeah, but he's, I know. (laughs) Fill in the blank. (laughs) He's smelling, yeah, yeah. Stuff, right? He eats like my dog. Yes, I know, I know. He wants to hang out with guys all the time. Yes, yes. Love him. Why? Because, especially in this generation, young men don't have a father image, and a lot of them had it. Uh, stepfathers and boyfriends of their moms and no one invested in them they don't have any self-worth yes he might be 6 5 and 280 pounds and look like a strapling sailor heavyweight but he's insecure he doesn't know that you love him you have to tell him you have to act like it every day same thing with your kids love them And that means disciplining them when they need it. (laughs) Mother said to me, I almost fell over. She said, I love my little boy so much, I just can't spank him. Oh, I think I got a headache. (laughs) See, I'm going in places that smart pastors don't go, but I'm I'm just telling you. Okay, so I I grew up in a home, Irish Catholic, and I got... uh, the Board of Education applied to the seat of learning regularly, okay? And don't feel badly about my dad. I barely made it without going to prison because of him, okay? Just beating me early. But also, I have to give credit to the parochial school I was going to. You know, those Dominican nuns, they're really good with the ruler. It's amazing how much pain you can get. I've got some scars here. But, but again, don't feel badly about those nuns, those Dominicans. And I like to think that I helped their spiritual life because, you know, I helped them to pray, like they knew they had to face me every day, kindergarten through eighth grade. I helped at least eight or nine ladies get to heaven, I'm sure I did. <laughs> Love them enough to discipline them. Oh, you don't really believe that, Pastor. That's just you speaking. Hello? Proverbs thirteen twenty four. he who spares his rod hates his son. But he who loves him chastens him early. My father loved me (laughs) (laughs) often. (laughs) Verse five. Still speaking to younger women, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands. He's not going to talk about submission, is he? I'd like to avoid it, but I don't think we can. That the word of God may not be blaspheming. Okay. So, discreet, thoughtless indiscretion, not choosing your words carefully, your actions carefully. Brought a lot of pain into people's lives, right? Chaste, particularly in the love of their husbands, keeping yourself to him. Homemakers, it is literally keepers of home. Now, I've heard way too many sermons about how God wants the wife to be at home and barefoot and pregnant. And that's not what it says. It's, It's bad exegesis. What it's saying is a keeper of the home. It takes a lot of work to make a home a refuge sanctuary. Ladies, you need it too. Particularly this generation, you're probably working too. But it takes a lot to make home not a battleground. That's what he's talking about. That it's a sanctuary for you to pull up the drawbridge and let the dragons be out there. And you love each other. Good, well-tempered, sweet, soft, obliging, obedient to their husbands. Okay. A worse or better translation depending on your perspective is submitting to their husbands that is exactly what the greek word means it's an authoritarian word about someone being underneath in the military an officer i wish that paul had said all the things he said about it in his letter to the ephesians and he would have done it in this letter but let me read it to you to remind you what he's talking about submitting to one another same word that's used in verse 5 here this is ephesians 5 21 submitting to one another in the fear of the lord husbands and wives submitting to each other wives submit to your own husbands as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife as also christ is the head of the church the savior of the body husbands love your wives just as christ also loved the church and gave himself for it so gentlemen We are to love our wives like Jesus Christ loved the church. Sacrificially, completely, supremely, Jesus is the model. Peter said something important, 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, weaker physically. Okay? Very clear in the Greek. And as heirs with you to the gracious gift of eternal life, you're both going to heaven, all ground is level at the cross, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. What? Gentlemen, if you're having trouble getting your prayers answered, the first question you should ask yourself is, how am I treating my wife? Peter says there's a direct correlation between your prayers being answered and whether you love your wife as Christ loved the church. And when you are, when I am doing that as Christ loved the church, they have, my wife has no problem letting me take all the flack (laughs) because that's what submitting means, that I am the one that is the first line of defense. Okay. Got quieter yet. Last section, verse 6. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober. Sounds familiar. It's that same word, self-controlled. And now he's talking to Cretan, so he has to be careful because that's the national pastime, getting angry. Verse 7, in all things, show yourself to be pattern of good works, doctrine showing integrity, reverence, incorruptible. Integrity, insincerity, integer. We get our English word from oneness, the... The Greek word, uh, sincera, means without wax. It means a piece of statuary that isn't cracked, that is the same all the way through. Uh, Last verse. Sound speech which cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing to say about you. If you do all these things, you walk this way, then you'll be good with God. Okay. Dads. Single dads single moms, let me speak to you all at once. This is for your kids. If you want to lead your family spiritually, four things, four areas. Number one, attend church, you get an A, you're here, right? You're hearing this. Number two, pray with them. Oh, it's too embarrassing, Pastor. No, no, just pray for the food, you know. Rub-a-dub-dub, thank you for the grub, amen. You know, just start easy, make it easy. Have a family devotion. Ah, oh, no, you're talking about a Bible said, no, 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 don't have church. They'll hate it. <laughs> Just have fun with your kids. Maybe pray and then do a board game. Spend time with them doing things. Just you. You pull the smartphone that makes them dumb away from them and, and talk. <laughs> Serve with them. What? Serve with them. Mission, short-term missions. Yeah, guys that go down to Mexico once a month, take food down to orphanages of kids that are absolutely deprived. Take your kids and go with them. My kids went down several times when they were little to Mexico. Uh, we have a, another group that's over on the, the beach side right now, this morning. Uh, take your kids and do something. Go to a soup kitchen, go to Salvation Army, serve with them so they can see you giving it away. Serve people. Okay. True story. Close with this. Quaker family. I love this story. I don't think I've used it before. Smith. They were alive during the Civil War. Against their father's wishes, the oldest son ran off and enlisted. The father didn't hear from his son for almost two years. Then word came that the boy had been wounded in battle. His father left the farm and traveled to where the troops were. He made his way to the commanding officer and asked about his son. The commander said there had been heavy action earlier in the day and that many had fallen wounded and still laid in the trenches. It was late at night, so the father lit a lantern and walked to the scene of the battle. As he arrived, he was filled with despair. When he saw by the dim light of his lamp, the number of wounded and dying, the father began calling loudly, Jonathan Smith, thy father seeketh after thee. He's a Quaker. He would walk a little way and then cry again, Jonathan Smith thy father seeketh after thee here and there there was a groan finally a young soldier said I wish you were my father when he walked by mr. Smith continued to search calling for his son for several hours finally heard a faint voice say father I'm over here And as he walked toward the wounded boy the son said I knew you would come is your heavenly father looking for you this morning Is he trying to make contact with you, to rescue you? If you've not surrendered to him, don't leave until you do.
1: Thanks for being with us for Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. Did you miss a portion of the message, or was there a part you wanted to hear again? Just go online to thepackinghouse.org for a replay. We archive our programs there for you so you can listen anytime you'd like. That's thepackinghouse.org. Or listen to us on Apple Podcast. One more option is to call and ask for a CD copy at 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. Grow in Grace is made possible through the generosity of our listeners. And we're thankful for each and every gift that comes our way. If you've been blessed by the teaching you've received through this radio program and would like to support what we're doing in this new year, please give us a call at 844-77-GRACE. And as a way of saying thank you, we'll send you Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. This book brings together what Lewis saw as the fundamental truths of Christianity. And in it, he sets out to defend the beliefs that believers through the ages hold in common. And I know you'll be encouraged by what he has to say. So again, you can ask for your copy of Mere Christianity when you give today. Give us a call, 844-77-GRACE. Our prayer is that you'll grow in grace as you study along with us. And if that's happening in your life, please do write us. It would mean a lot to hear if these daily studies have an impact on your life. And if you have a question related to our study or a prayer request, by all means, send those our way. Our email address is PackingHouseRadio at AOL.com Again, PackingHouseRadio at AOL.com Then join us for the next Grow in Grace as we continue Through the Bible with Pastor Ed Ray. This program is brought to you by the Packing House Christian Fellowship and online at PackingHouse.org Sign on how filled with Gotta dwell with man Sick be and the cripples stand Singing hallelujah My kingdom built with the blood of my son Selfless sacrifice for everyone Faith, hope, love and harmony I said let this world know me by your love